You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Again, recording 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. And we are going to continue. And last week we began to look at the power of a changed life. You know, the, 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 the theme really that I'm focusing on in chapter 1 is the... Um, I'm, I'm focusing on the theme of chapter 1 of being the punch of a powerful church. I mean, the, the impact that a powerful church can make for the glory and honor of God. And by the grace of God, man, uh, this church has been able to make an impact. And I want to continue that Elk Point Baptist Church has continued to make a, a greater impact. And we can just learn some things through going through chapter 1 on this impact that the powerful church, this church that was used by God, made. Last week, we looked at the power uh, for transformation. We looked at how the gospel transforms and changes people's lives. And that's really where it starts, isn't it? I mean, th- th- this church was founded by people who heard the gospel message, who a faithful preacher of the gospel came to town, preached the word of God. They were saved by the grace of God. Literally, he was only there. We don't have an exact time, but most people estimate at the most a couple few months Uh, that he was there and left because of persecution. But in that time, these people that had gotten saved, they had been influenced so much by the teaching and the life of Paul and and Silas and Timothy that there was a church founded. And now Paul is sitting in Corinth writing back to this church because he's hearing good things about this church. Why? Because the power of the gospel, that's where it begins, And so that's what we looked at last week, the power for transformation, the dynamite. Uh, And it's so embarrassing, but I do that to myself sometimes, uh, whether I mean to or not. But uh, I don't always, as you know, a lot of what I preach, I don't put in my notes. I end up just preaching out here and get away from my notes. But uh, I was preaching last week, and I said said the gospel, uh, where it says it's the power of God unto salvation, that word power... I said comes from the Greek word dynamo. That is not a Greek word that I'm familiar with, but it's dunamis, as some of you do know. But uh, I get tickled at myself. Y'all pray for me. Uh, so we've been in the book of Nehemiah, right? We've been in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, and so I've been studying every Sunday. I've been preaching on Nehemiah. Uh, this Sunday I took a detour, preached on uh, Jeremiah. Uh, I stayed in the ayahs, but I preached on Jeremiah instead of Nehemiah. But here's the funny thing, the message that I'm working on for Sunday, Shane, is the danger of distraction. And if there's been a more ironic message ever for me to study for, I don't know what it is. Uh, Because I'm sitting there, y'all pray for me, because you know what's happening as I study for this message? Keep getting distracted, all right? Uh, And I I kid you not, I I literally, I laugh out loud at myself, man, sometimes. I really do. It's a funny existence. Uh, But I'm sitting there working on this message, the danger of distraction, and I'm studying distraction, and all of a sudden, oh, phone buzzes, you know, da-da-da-da. And then then I'm like, oh, yeah, because I got another message I'm working on, so I'm like, I forgot to put that on that message. So then I go over there and put that on on that message, and then I remember I was going to text somebody back, but instead of texting somebody back, I pick up the phone and end up checking Facebook. Oh, yeah, man, I'm not supposed to be on Facebook. Put the... I meant to see what time it was. I pick up my phone to see what time it is, forget to look up the time and say I got a message and look that message. You have no idea uh, how amazing it is that I can make it from, you know, here back to my house sometimes. 
Uh, nothing to do with Thessalonians. And so uh, I don't think, but, but thank God for the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But t- tonight's message is, uh, is going to be a message that kind of is a continuation on that. And it is a message. <laughs> you want to know something else that's hilarious? I didn't write that in my notes either, so I just looked it up. <laughs> what I said, Jen. Did you know I was doing that, Jen? Uh, all right. <laughs> Woo. New life, new walk. Some of you ain't laughing, amen. You're sitting there thinking, this is where I go to church. Um, new life, new walk. Because last week, we talked about the transformation of the gospel. So they have a new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. But that new life is such a transformation that it's followed up by a new walk. Now, this walk is interesting because notice what the Bible says here in verse number 6. Well, let's start in verse number 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. All right, so that's the verse we preached last week, but I want to emphasize that last part. You know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Verse 6, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. So for a moment, I want to pause right there and focus on that verse. They have a new life, therefore they have a new walk. But now, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about following somebody else? Are you supposed to follow other people? Is it wrong to follow other people? We obviously know it's not, but uh, maybe people have been accused before. Now, there is a balance, right? And we're going to find that out in just a moment. But, you know, oh, they're just following that preacher down there. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. What's the big question you've got to ask yourself if you're following somebody? Where are they heading? (laughs) Where are they heading? What's the path they're going down? What kind of life are they leading? Because if you think about it, uh, I dare say that many of us follow people in here today. Uh, I, I think about, you know, for for instance, anybody ever followed Dave Ramsey? Pretty good guy to follow when it comes to financial matters, is it not? Uh, You know, somebody says, I'm not going to be a follower of any man. Well, that's not wise. I mean, it's wise to be a follower of wise people. God gives us examples for a reason. I think about, uh, you know, uh, most of the videos that pop up on my social media feed are like about uh, dudes working out and stuff. I follow these guys. I follow people that I can look at them. Well, I see the path they're on. I can follow that. Uh, I I can try that workout. I can try... I'm just kidding. I was going to say I could try that diet, but I don't, don't really do that too much. But, um, but I, could, I, I could try that, right? If you like to cook or something, you know, maybe you, you find somebody, oh, I'm going to follow this person. You get what I'm saying. We follow people a lot more than I think we actually think about. And it's not a bad thing to follow people. And it's certainly not a bad thing to follow godly examples. These people became followers of Paul and of Silas and of Timothy. They were following men. But they were following these men. As we look, you could see this in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. The Bible says, here's what Paul said to the Corinthians, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So that's the big question, isn't it? Uh, Now, because the danger with following a person, you don't just follow some preacher because he's a preacher, right? 
You don't just say, well, he's our pastor, so we follow him. Why do y'all do what you do down there at Elk Point Baptist Church? Well, that's what the pastor says we ought to do, and that's what. No, uh, that's not the answer. Hopefully, these two things can be one and the same. Hopefully, what the Bible says and what the pastor is saying to do are the same thing. But there's one way to know whether or not what I'm saying and what the Bible's saying and the way I'm living and what the Bible says agrees with that is by knowing the Word of God. So the best way to know and to become followers is to follow somebody. But now initially, we've got to be honest. The Thessalonians, they did not know whether or not these guys knew the Bible or not. They didn't even know what the Bible was, right? Really, probably the Thessalonian people before this time. But they knew one thing. Man, now this goes to each of us. They knew one thing. There was something different about them, the, the, the lives of those men. They had a power. They had a peace. They had a passion. They brought a message of hope and salvation. They, they introduced these people to Jesus Christ. And I hope all of us can have lives that others want to follow. And I know that there's people in here that are that way. I know there's people that are looking at you as a young person, as an adult, whatever it is, and they're saying, man, I'd like to follow that. Now, here's the challenge about following people. I can think about times I was joking a little bit ago about following like fitness people and, you know, watching different workouts and stuff like that. And I was, uh, but then I was talking about not so much what they eat. Uh, because one thing about it, man, if you're really trying to get fit, if you're trying to get in shape, uh, man, if you ain't going to do it in the kitchen, you're going to have a hard time doing it in the gym, right? Uh, and, it, it, and it's good to be working out, but if you really want to get to this certain level, here's the point that I'm trying to make. Follow me as I follow Christ. It, it, Paul said you became followers of us. Have you ever started following somebody? Let's take it into the cooking world. Any, any of you ladies or men like to watch people cook and then try to follow that recipe or anything? Anybody admit that? Okay, some of you guys and girls do that. Okay, so, but, but have you ever started watching and you're just like, okay, step one. And by the time they get into it, you're like, I ain't doing that. I ain't got time to, you know, no way, no way do you need to, you know, do this for so long and whatever else. I'm going to do it a quicker way. You know, you know what I'm saying, right? You, 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 what, you follow somebody, Dave Ramsey, I mentioned him. You're like, okay, I think I can do that. Man, I want to go out to eat. Forget about that. I, I don't care if I got dead or not, man. I want some, you know, Texas Roadhouse or something, you know, right? And so the, 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 the challenge is uh, you follow somebody, but to what extent? The, 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 the thing that he's complimenting this church on is they followed Paul. Because here's the thing. Even when they saw the hard stuff, they said, okay, we'll keep on following. You know, it's, it's like us getting to that place in the cooking video to where it's like, I got to wait how long? I got to do what kind of preparation? You know, whatever the case may be. I, I've got to put it in and take it out and put it in and take it out. Wait, what? Uh, no. Uh, you know, you know but, but you do it. You do it anyway. And I think that's one of the things is that be, being a follower, if you really want to, if you want to get the success that you see this other person have, man, you need to be willing to walk in that same way. And that's what these people were willing to do. They were willing to follow in the steps of the Apostle Paul. He said, you became followers of me and of Christ. You became followers of me and of God. So I read the verse to you there out of 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Paul says this, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. 
Man, that's pretty bold, isn't it? Be followers of me. It's a bold thing to say, but no doubt Paul was living the kind of life that matched up to him being able to say that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. I don't know if you know this was in here that often. I didn't. Philippians 3, 17. Brethren, be ye followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have seen us, or ye have us for an example. So basically, Paul said, if you see anybody not walking like me, don't walk like them. Keep walking like me. Keep walking in the paths I'm. Now, that's a bold thing to say. I don't know how much I can say that. That ought to be my goal as a pastor and as a Christian to say, hey, pastor, how, how should I live as a man? Well, just follow me. I'll show you. I'll teach you. I'm going to tell you along the way. I'm going to say, see, here's what God says. Watch me do it. I'm doing the same thing. How, how should I live as a Christian? Here, here's how you do it. I hope to be that way. Uh, but the, I believe the goal, if there's no other goal here, if the goal is to, that we ought to be motivated to be the type of people that others want to follow because that's kind of where we're getting to. Pretty soon, Paul says, man, you have now become an example to churches around you because of, the, because of your walk. So since you've been following me as I follow Christ, now other churches are wanting to follow you also. So working, walking in this, in this way. Now, you know, the, the, one of the examples I think about as far as any kind of following of me, I don't, I'm not looking for a following, right? Basically, the, the, the great job of being a pastor is that I'm one of you. It just happens to be that my duty is to get up here and preach and teach, and, and then I've got overseer stuff and all that business, you know. But my goal is... To, I do have leadership in this church, and I do have responsibility within this church, but my goal is to, is to understand one thing. This here church, Elk Point Baptist Church, is not Jesse Haley's church. And y'all are my people, as in, you know, y'all my people. Uh, but y'all aren't my people, as in, that's my people. You know, they're mine. Because uh, there's pastors that get that mentality. Uh, no, I mean, uh, but, but here's the thing. So my goal in, in leading is understanding this is Jesus' church for Elk Point in this region. This is God's church. It's His church, not my church, and not your church. Now, it's your church as it's in, you know, your church, my church. But you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's the Lord's church. So then the goal is, and my goal and job as an under-shepherd, Jesus is the great shepherd, I'm an under-shepherd as a pastor, is to say, okay, as th this is the way Jesus wants this church to go. Let's go that way. Let's go that way. But here's the great thing about it. We all have the Bible, and so we all that, that gives us the opportunity to communicate and say to, to ask questions and to challenge and to say, okay, is this the way we need to go? But we've got the Word of God to help tell us that. But, but that's my goal. It's not, this is my church, and I'm going to lead it by golly the way that I feel good and ready. And don't you dare ask me any questions about it. Uh, I'm the man of God after all, and don't you dare. Uh, you know, No, none of that business, man. It's like, hey, we're God's church. We're God's people. Uh, we're God's family. Let's, let's, let's work and go in a way that pleases the Lord. And so I do have a responsibility as a pastor, and again, you know, we don't use this very often, but I'm also the bishop of this church. Ain't that weird sounding? Uh, I, I want y'all to maybe start calling me that. And I'm, and I'm thinking for Christmas, y'all ought to get me a robe and a big funny hat or something, you know, to wear. Um, 
But, uh, but in all reality, that's, all that is is it's just one of the jobs of the pastor. But ultimately, I am a pastor. Uh, but here's what he says uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. He says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I'm glad there's some people in this church that I can say, I'm glad there's some people in the church that our young ladies can look at and say, walk like her, follow her. Pastor, I'm not sure, you know, what, what all I should be as a lady. Follow her, right? I'm glad there's, I'm glad there's examples like that. There's, there's, I thank God for godly men in this church. You know, and i got to say, as a parent, I'm especially glad that I can say to my daughters and to my son, hey, look to this man. How's he live? How's he acting? You know? Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad that we have that. So the Bible says that we can be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We've got example after example. So we have a new life, therefore we have a new walk. And we walk in ways. Can, can you think, I just wonder today, I, I, I shared, you know, uh, a, a little bit about the article that Miss Kim uh, wrote. I just, but the cool thing about it is it gives glory to God, and here's why. It gives glory to God because uh, mom, uh, mom, <laughs> mom's, Kim, uh, Kim's mom, uh, 50 years ago, I believe it is, was working with Child Evangelism Fellowship, doing good news clubs and stuff, right? So that's what her mom was doing 50 years ago, sharing the gospel, uh, taking her little girl to Good News Club. Well, guess what? Her little girl gets saved in Good News Club. And, uh, you know, so guess what Kim's doing now? So here's, here's now, you know what Kim's doing? She's following her mom. Now, it doesn't mean that she's maybe, she's got her own personality, maybe her own thoughts on things or whatever. It doesn't mean that she's trying to be an exact replica. Uh, although, the word followers here, the Greek word is mimics. Uh, so it, it, it is pretty close. Uh, but there's some people we can mimic. There's some people that be like, yep, I'll do it like that. But it's cool because that's what Kim's doing. Kim has been a follower of Dolores Keck. Is that right? Uh, so I think that's cool. That's a good example of that. There are people. Can you, think of, can you think of anybody in your life right now that you have followed that's in a positive way? That you're not ashamed to say, yeah, I'm follow, I've, I've followed this person. What I mean by that is I can think about it in my marriage. I can think about people I know to where it's like, yep, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like the way he treated his wife, just like the way he treated his family. It's tried and true. I want to, I want to be a faithful pastor just like that. That doesn't mean I mimic style or whatever else. I'm not trying to be somebody else in that way, but in, the way, in those godly ways of saying, yep, that's the way I want to treat people. I, I, I've mentioned, you know, I, I've mentioned people I know, one, one of the people that blows my mind. Have you ever met somebody that's kind of a big deal, but they treat everybody uh, like they're better than them? I try to mimic people like that. Now, that's, that's, that's truly the way I feel, too, by the way. Don't get me wrong. But I mentioned, uh, you know, S Senator, uh, State Senator from Texas, Brian Hughes. He's the one that, that, that God used him to help get this whole heart bill law going in the country. He wrote that bill and sponsored it there in Texas. Uh, just God used him in a great way. Cool guy, big deal. I mean, like he's way up in the state of Texas in politics and everything. Man, if you walk around with that dude, if he walks past the cleaning lady, he's going to be asking if her, if her daughter made the soccer team or not. You know what I mean? 
I mean, I, and when I see that, I'm like, man, I ought to be like that guy. Because he sees the value of everybody. He sees that each person, uh, if every person you've ever known, think about this, kids, this is a good thing. Because it, it happens in the adult world, but it's, it can happen really big in the teen world, can it? To where people are valued based on popularity and looks and wealth and possessions and people group and all that stuff. Remember, the person at school this year that is valued less than anybody is somebody that Jesus thought enough about to go to the cross, thanks Jersey, uh, and die for our sins. I, anyway, uh, die, for, die for their sins. Jesus cared for that person. Uh, so just remember that. So how can that person not be important to us? How can, that, how can we be too good for somebody that Jesus died for? I don't care how they look or smell or dress or anything else. We're not too good for anybody. So I, I think about that. I've seen that with Brian Hughes. And I say, you know what? I like to mimic that. I would like to follow that. I'd like to, 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 to see the, the truth in his life that I can follow. Y'all get what I'm saying? I bet if I gave you opportunity tonight, hopefully you can think of some people tonight that you can mimic that you could follow, that you could say, you know what, I want to be like that. I don't mean taking away individuality. If you know me, you know I believe in uh, being who God made us to be. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the sense of the way they fulfill and follow God, in the sense of the way they're being true to the Scriptures, all right? So they've had a new life, therefore they have a new walk. This walk is based on the walk that they've seen from somebody else. And then notice as it goes on here, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. So there again, they were examples because of that life. Now let me ask you this question, just to follow up. Again, can you think of somebody or can you think of people that you've seen godly characteristics of their life that you wanted to mimic those godly characteristics? That, that you can think, you know what, I don't think I'd even be here today if it wasn't for fill in the blank. If I wouldn't have just learned, you know, if, if, if I didn't see how devoted he was and how faithful he was, you know, I can think of people that just gone through trials. Man, I've I, I seen the, how faithful he was in trials. I want to be like that. Why? Because he's following what God's word. And there's people like that, okay? So as a result of that, now I'm getting to be an example to other people based on what they did, what their example did in my life. And so, yes, we maintain our individuality, but at the same time we, we pick up on those Christian characteristics, those attributes, those character traits, those godly examples, those godly traits. And notice this, I love this. Notice what it did to them here. You talk about grace. They, they had a new life, they had a new walk. The Bible says in verse number 8, For from you, I love this, sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. Uh, what a testimony. What a testimony, all right? But here's the thing I like, the, the thing I like about that. Uh, you you can kind of read it right there where it says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. It carries the idea of like blowing the trumpet. The tr I mean, a trumpet sound. 
I mean, so from them, man, it was blaring. Their lifestyle was blaring. Their faithfulness to God was blaring. People knew that they were making a difference for the cause of Christ. And, uh, and one of the reasons that was sounded out is because no doubt they were sounding out, the Bible says, the word of the Lord. Because again, how are they going to ultimately know the right way to go? Yes, they can follow the examples of godly people, but they know they're following the right example But when they know the word of God. So that's what they're able to sound out. Verse number 9, For they themselves show us of what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So when we look at this church and study this church, we're studying a church that made a difference. We're, we're studying a church that had a powerful impact on their generation. And folks, help may God help us to continue to have an impact on our generation. May God help us to increase that impact even more. How do we do that? Well, we do it by remembering the directive. That's what we saw to start with, church, the directive. Jesus said, I will build my church. Their drive, back in verse number 3, the Bible talks about their faith, their hope, their love that helped them go on. That, that life-changing gospel that they're preaching. The fact that they're following uh, godly examples. And as a result of that, they become examples themselves. And so as a result of that, they became an enthusiastic people. Their work of faith and their labor of love, listen, it expressed itself in sharing the gospel with other people. They were receivers of the word of God, but they began to be transmitters of the word of God. May God help us to receive it to let it be engrafted into our hearts and change the way we live. And then may God help us to give it to somebody else. Because that's what Paul did. That's what every Christian, Sunday morning during Sunday school, we were talking about missionaries. You know, you are a missionary. That's what we do. What's a missionary do? A missionary is somebody that heard the word of God and got saved. The, the missionary is somebody who surrendered to do the will of God. And then the missionary is somebody that goes to somebody that needs it and shares this truth and this treasure that God has put in their lives. And that's how every one of us, by the grace of God, ought to be sharing the gospel, sharing the love of Christ with somebody else, sharing the word of the Lord, taking a new Christian, or it may, not be, it may be somebody that's been saved for years but just never really been taught that much, taking them and, and just spending some time with them and investing in their lives. That's what Paul did. That's what these people began to do. Because when you get to chapter 2, man, it's awesome when you see how Paul's life connected with the lives of these people. So uh, they were an enthusiastic people with their work of faith and their labor of love. You know, surveys on church growth indicate that a very large percentage of a church's growth is the result of friends witnessing to friends and relatives and inviting people to church. Word of mouth. Uh, I got some marketing stuff I was working on. I've got a little distracted from it, but, uh, but I've got some good marketing things, st things I was studying on. But you know what? When it really comes down to it, 
the, the greatest thing, number one, is that we're preaching and standing on the truth that, that, but, and that we, when people come here, there is that, that, that witness of the gospel and the power of God. But when it's out of here, man, it's you, the people sitting here are the greatest advertisements for this church. That, and that's why people come here, because they see other people's excitement. And, and what a blessing it is to me. Man, I'm so glad, because uh, we've talked about this before, so I won't talk about it too much again. But you know, that if you've ever been a part of a church, and you may not want to admit it, but uh, to where you had questions about whether or not you wanted people to come or not, because you thought, what if they come? What if they don't? What if they dress like they're dressed today when they come? And should I say, you know, whatever the case may be? I mean, I, I, but you know what I'm so thankful for? I'm so glad that I can invite people to this church. And we were talking, inviting somebody to church the other day, and and we were telling them we had our YouTube channel and all that, you know. And then as soon as I said, I'm like, man, I'd much rather them come to church than watch on YouTube, for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, me being like one of, but, but I mean, I understand that this is what they're going to get when they're here, but before they ever get this, they're going to get that. And what I'm confident is a healthy dose of that when people come in the door, you, uh, people, the love, the care, the, the, the grace that's shown to people as they walk in those doors. Uh, that's what makes a difference, and that's the kind of church, this enthusiastic nature of the church at Thessalonians. And then lastly, they were an expectant people. They were looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. They were waiting, the Bible says there in verse 10, and to wait for His Son from heaven. That word wait carries the idea of waiting, to, to await someone with patience, confidence, and expectancy. And that's how we look for the Lord to come. So a local church that truly lives in the expectation of seeing Jesus Christ at any time will be a vibrant and victorious group of people. Expecting the Lord's return is a motive for soul winning, Christian stability, comfort in sorrow, and encouragement for godly living. So some of the things that help this church to have such a mighty impact uh, we find here in chapter number 1. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray and thank you so much for this church that you've impacted for the gospel. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would help us to uh, just have the heart toward you, the heart toward people. Help us, to, help us to follow godly examples, Lord. Help our young people to follow godly examples, uh, considering the end. Um, help us to be godly examples, Lord. Uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, through the power of the gospel. Uh, we thank you for that, Lord, and we love you tonight. And uh, just help us as we go, in Jesus' name, amen.